This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 48 for the week of October 22nd, 2006. Once upon a time, there were three fellow fans gathering around computers to do a podcast. These three said to one another, let's do a podcast. And that was their story. Mike, that was lame. Three years later, their podcast was found or something. Hey, welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daisenshu EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and only a smidge of entertaining because otherwise I get too excited and off come the clothes. So, you know, that would be frightening for many children. <laughs> thankfully, this isn't a video podcast. This is very thankfully. Yes, hello. You're Mary. Yes, I am. But I'm not getting to you yet. Oh, damn. Because I got to come first because I've spoken the most amount so far. And it's only proper to introduce that person. <laughs> really? I love how you make up these rules as you go along. <laughs> yes, I'm going to write a book. Shall we call it a note? And I will create a variety of rules for which to enact this podcast. And the first rule is, Hi, I'm Mike Labrie. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And to my less than proverbial right, we have Mary. Hi. Hello. What is up, my good sir? Uh, we are. We are up? Oh, wow. That's right. Yes, it's Saturday morning. Different for us. Typically, it's Friday night. But uh, you and I worked late. And mm -hmm. then we went out to dinner. And then you fell asleep on the couch. Yeah, I tend to do that. Yes. That is my preferred Friday night regimen. <laughs> Sad but true. So we did not record last night. Therefore, we mm -hmm. woke up early this morning to record with our good friend, Julian. Hey. Hello. Um, I normally would say good, sir. Let's say bad, sir. Bad, sir? Why bad? I really don't know, but it sounded great in my head. But it doesn't sound as good coming out. So you can pretend you didn't hear it. How are you doing? Oh, you know I'm not doing too bad. I've had a lot of work this past week, but I've had time a little bit to, you know, just relax a little bit. I've read through the first four volumes of Kenshiken. Yay! Oh my god, I, that is yeah. so friggin' funny, because I just reread volumes one through <laughs> six this week, and I'm yeah. like, must get volume seven, it comes out next week, I think. Yeah, well, so... Yeah, so one through four is about a little less than half the series, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I'll probably get five and six within the next couple days. Five and six are really good because oh, yes. the anime doesn't cover that stuff. So it's all fresh well, material. Not, not yet. Well, not yet. <laughs> I don't, I'm dying to know how, how much ground they cover with the uh, three new episodes that'll come out. Probably not too much, which makes me very, very sad. Oh, well. Yeah, and I beat Mega Man ZX, which is, I think, the first Mega Man game that I've played that actually is saving features on it. I Just like give you an saving. idea of how old the previous ones I played are. <laughs> oh, dear. I think I played the Game Boy ones. That was a long time ago. That was a really long time ago. Yeah. really surprised me how much of a plot they managed to develop in the past, you know, 15 years. It's like, I never remember there being anything more than bad guy takes over and uses robots to wreak havoc, so go destroy robots. I mean, that was kind of the same basic thing. I kind of like that all the stuff better. now about Reploids and Mavericks and Biometals and I understand stuff. bad robot shoot. Yeah. I get that. I can Weird. connect with that on some kind of carnal level. Just <laughs> destroy evil robots. But um, right. that, that's good that you beat video games. Mm. I have not beaten any video games lately. Um, I wish I have, but I haven't. I'm very close to them, though. I'm almost done with Final Fantasy IV. And then there's always Sparking Neo, which of course we'll get into more detail about later. And uh, yeah... Well, um, normally we would get into the news, 
But a couple of people have requested our stuff segment again, which is really just what we're already doing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I have some stuff to discuss. And um, I'm an eBay whore. We know this very well. Oh, I yes. enjoy the eBay. I like the eBay. I like to get naked with the eBay. <laughs> and uh, I came across a listing a couple of weeks ago for uh, something quite fantastical. And this was a giant lot of Dragon Ball video games. Both of the old school and mid school variety. Yes, I'm I'm coining the phrase mid school for the 32-bit systems. I think that makes sense. And uh, I got in all of these games when Thursday, Thursday afternoon, we drove down and picked them yeah, up at the post yeah. office. I am now the proud owner of all but one Super Famicom game, and yes, I own a Playdia now. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Total whoa. Yeah. So I only have the second game, which is Saiyajin Zetsumetsu Keikaku Uchuhen, because they go off into space and fight Raichi and Hachiyaku. It is both awesome and retarded at the same time. I think that was our consensus last night. I played through the game, and I lost. It was kind of sad. I got to the point where Goku and everyone's counting down, and they're going to fire. And I couldn't remember if you're supposed to fire on the count of ten or after the count of ten. And apparently you don't do it on the count of ten, because then I got blasted and I died. And that was really sad. And it said try again. And I felt really bad, so I curled up and cried. Except I didn't cry. I did curl up, though, because I went to sleep. But I'm going to play the game again, and I'm going to win, and it'll be awesome. It was really interesting seeing all the things that were different about the um, game as opposed to what we've seen in the quote-unquote OVA. Like, all the Uh. new footage that, not necessarily the wrong path to take, but just different paths you can take. So that was fun. And Mary commented how Bulma has her own hairstyle specific to this feature. (laughs) And it's a good hairstyle, too. It's oh, a shame dear. they didn't reuse it. It is a shame. I enjoyed it. And she it. had a cute pink dress. She did. Uh, well, she always has cute things. So, needless to say, I am in fanboy land right now. I've got a giant box full of new games. And here's my tragedy for the week, though. I've actually known about it for a while. My Super Nintendo really isn't working properly. I think the only game it will play is Super Mario All-Stars. No matter what game you put in, it'll be like... Missing some colors or missing some kind of background, and things just don't work properly. Like in F-Zero, you can't drive. That was kind of sad. Uh. <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose of F-Zero. Yes, I understand. So I've, I've known about it, but um, I figured, well, I'm getting these games. Why don't I test them? Now, my Super Nintendo, obviously, you can't just plug in Super Famicom games. My old copy of Super Butoden 3 had the little grooves filed into the game cartridge itself. If you don't know, the Super Nintendo, it's not software lockout. They just have these little tabs at the bottom back where you put in the cartridge. If you have a Super Nintendo or Super Nintendo game sitting around, look at the back of your game. You'll see these two little grooves on the back. That's where they fit through those tabs. Super Famicom games don't have those little grooves. So they kind of get stuck. So what I did is I took some needle nose pliers and um, plied out the little tabs from the Super Nintendo. It's like hardcore modding. We don't need no soldering. We just need to rip shit out of the system. Then you can play <laughs> games. Yes. So, of course, the first thing I put in was hyperdimension. And uh, we got sound and then a couple colors. And then that's about it. 
So I need to pick up a new Super Nintendo so I can play these games again. I see. But uh, it's great. I can't wait to play Hyper Dimension and uh, Super Butoden 2. I, it's just very exciting to have all these games. I got all the boxes and I got so much shit. I am just going to have to take pictures up the wazoo. Very exciting. And, uh, you know, we talk about video games and that usually segues into news quite well. But the news this week is not all about video games. And that's, <gasps> really? that's even more exciting. Well, in the news this week, we get to wish a happy birthday. Really? We do. Is it to me? Uh, no, it is not. Oh. I'm sorry. I really hope you're not this old. You never know. I then again, old. you would look pretty fucking hot for a 70-year-old. Wow, yeah. Plastic surgery does wonders these it days. Does. Who's turning 70 this week? Mm. Do, 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 do. I'll give you a hint. Oh. She did lots of voices. She. I'll give you another hint. She did lots of main character voices. Oh, okay. That's right, everybody. Masako Nozawa, the voice of Son Goku and various others, turned 70 this week on October 25th. Holy frickin' Moses. And she's still doing the voices in the game. She's still kicking it, baby. Still doing all that yelling and screaming. Man. Man. Yeah. She's uh, sure outliving her male Seiyuu counterparts. That's true. And that's also sad. Yeah. Well, we would like to wish her a happy birthday. She'll never hear this, but that's okay. We'll do it anyways. And uh, I have to give thanks to the one and only lecherous Muten Roshi for um, letting us know so we don't forget to wish her a happy birthday this (laughs) week. So happy birthday. She is 70. That's cool. And I hope she's around for another 70, but I think that's wishful thinking. (laughs) Maybe just a little. A little bit. Well, we're going to pull it back to the U.S. here. And normally we don't report on this kind of stuff, but it's kind of important enough. And if you don't buy the things you like, maybe this will be interesting to you. Mary, what's going on with Toonami? All right. Toonami, for the first time since movie 6, I think, will be playing movies 12 and 13 on Toonami. Friggin' awesome. If you like these movies dubbed and free on TV. (laughs) Which I guess, like, in theory, that sounds pretty damn cool. Anyway, they'll be airing November 11th and December 2nd at 9.30pm, so it's not too late at night. That's pretty cool. I'm assuming from this that they're doing movie 12 on the 11th and 13 on the 2nd, and not like back-to-back or anything. Th- mm. That just makes sense to me. <clears throat> but So, uh, yeah, if you haven't bought the DVDs and you don't mind listening to it dubbed, there you go. Aaron on Toonami. And I forget what site this came from. I read it on Anime News. Yeah, but I think they got it from Toonami Info Link or something okay. like that. So uh, props out to them for looking far ahead into Toonami's schedule to find out when stuff is playing. We're going to take it out of Japan out of the U.S. and throw it over to Germany now because we're a worldly podcast. We enjoy things from other countries, especially when they, you know, take the Japanese version into consideration. Julian, what's going on over in Germany? Well, it seems that Germany is about to get the premiere of Dragon Ball GT. It will be airing at 4 p.m. on RTL TV beginning on October 30th. The opening theme is the original music but with uh, some reinterpreted lyrics. And from what I understand, it's actually, <laughs> you know, Funimation's opening to GT where they, like, describe the story via stupid lyrics. And, like, the Word. One Piece rap where they're like, One Piece, motherfucker, this is what we're going to go do. And his name is Luffy. And this is what's up. It's kind of like that, except it's um, not as lame. <laughs> okay. So, hey, 
they put up the opening for download. Well, not for download, but for streaming and viewing. But because you're listening to a podcast, you probably want to hear it now. So let's listen to a little clip of the German opening to Dragon Ball GT. So the music is a little um, midified, as I like to call it, but at least it's the tune, and that's a cool nod. That it seems like Germany's getting GT pretty late. I know. It right? seems like everyone else in the world got you know Dragon Ball related stuff and Germany's pretty well had on this time stuff forever. I'm not sure what happened with GT just you know taking so fuck almost ten years. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's frightening. <laughs> so uh, if you're in Germany and you haven't seen GT, there you go. Uh, we did get another email from someone saying that because it's airing at 4 p.m., it's probably going to be a little edited. But regardless, that's cool. So check it out. And then we're getting into the video game news. But we got some really big video game news. And that's always really exciting. I was looking at uh, our forum the last couple days and noticed something that made my pants fill with urine. Ugh, <laughs> 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 Mike! <laughs> Can't you control your bladder? <laughs> he needs adult diapers. Too much coffee. We're getting a new Dragon Ball Z RPG on the Nintendo DS from Japan. Nice. Freaking awesome. Julian. Yes. Title. The uh, name of the game is Dragon Ball Z Harukanaru Goku Densets. It's a DS RPG, it seems. Uh, looks like it's going to be card-based, kind of like some of the old-school games that have been on, uh, what, the SNES and the Game Boy and such. Yeah. And it's coming out sometime in 2007. So what's the title mean? I mean, I kind of know the words individually, but when you string them together, what's that approximately come out to? Well, let's see. Harukanaru is, like, far away. Far away, or, right. And uh, Goku Densetsu is... Goku Legend, so I don't know whether it's referring to the fact that the uh, series is getting older <laughs> or what exactly. <laughs> is it some kind of metaphor for like, you know, I never make these kind of references, but Star Wars, like in a galaxy far away kind of thing, like this great mythological legend of the amazing Son Goku. I really have no idea. That's what I'm going to say. And you want to know how much of a fucking nerd I am? I only know Haruka from Haruka Kanata. Yep, because that's okay. I know, but I like the band, so that makes it a little better. So that is awesome. New RPG. It looks really, really sexy. Uh, 2D sprite work looks great. So check it out over on the forum. And as always, we will let you know more information as we get it. And uh, I think this page came from VJump, so VJump is always the best source for information. And we'll get more scans because people like to send us scans from things. Keeping it going with video game news, this popped up on Amazon the last week or so. The listing for Budokai Tenkaichi 2, which we know is Sparking Neo, for the Nintendo Wii has a release date of November 21st listed for it. Now this is interesting, because the Wii is being released on November 19th in the US. So has this been pushed up as almost a launch title? It's almost like, why don't they just shave two days off of it and release it the same day as the Wii, unless it's just not ready yet. Maybe yeah. it doesn't ha- I don't know have enough stubble that. to be released to get that couple of days shaved. <laughs> it doesn't have enough day stubble or something. So that's pretty interesting. We're not quite sure what's going on here. Um, it would be really helpful if Atari's website would have any kind of information about the game at all. 
But uh, they really don't. They just say, coming soon, Budokai Tenkaichi 2. Here, buy Super DBZ. You, know, you figure for a game that's coming out in a couple weeks, it'd have a little more info on it. But uh, they don't. I don't think we have a Japanese release date for the Wii version. But uh, again, we'll keep you up to date. And one last thing in the news. It's video game related. And it continues our segue into the topic for the week. Sparking Neo continues to sell well in Japan. Sold an additional 67,642 copies last week. And, of course, it was beaten out by the monstrous Pokemon and Final Fantasy. Ah! But that's to be expected, because there's two Pokemon games, and, you know, every last person in Japan is going to buy Final Fantasy V, because they do that kind of stuff. But it's cool that Dragon Ball's still at least on the top ten list for this last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, that seems to be it for news. That's a lot of news. That's the most news we've had, dare I say, in the entire history of the podcast. <laughs> we've been it for almost a year, and... It, why this week do we have so much news? Maybe we're just paying more attention to stuff. But that's very great. And now, we were talking about Sparking Neo. Last week, we did our first impressions on the Japanese PS2 version of Sparking Neo. And this week, we're going to give you our final thoughts. Dragon Ball Z Sparking Neo! And through the magic of podcast editing, it is now Sunday afternoon. Wow, isn't the podcast supposed to come out later today? Yeah, this is going to be a miracle of editing. It will be. You know, you kind of ruined the mystique. That's quite They don't need okay. to know that it's Sunday. They need to know everything. I need to keep everyone on their toes. Oh, at least you're an honest lad. That's true. So the reason we delayed recording this segment was because I wanted more time to actually play the game. It's been a very busy week, and there were several days when I came home from work and said, it's late, I'm not playing any games. So I've spent the last couple days really really tearing apart the game and playing and unlocking and all that great stuff and mary played too yes finally that was good Mm -hmm. so what we're going to talk about this week with our final thoughts on sparking neo which aren't really final because i'm not done with the game yet but so rather than go through all of our regular segments of you know presentation slash graphics and audio and all that stuff you can learn all about that last week because that's all very surface level kind of stuff what we're going to talk about this week is having time with the game and really paying attention to all its intricacies. Yes, I can speak properly. And all that fun stuff. Now, first off, we'll go with Mary's playing of the game. Yes, I love how I get my own segment. <laughs> well, how was it? Not as awful as I was expecting because I did not enjoy the first game. No. I still think it's a bit tedious. I'm going to remember, I mean, this is just me sucking at games, trying to remember what each button does, and I hate that actual physical attacking is only one button. Yeah. Like square or circle or, uh, I don't know. See, I can't even remember. <laughs> it was a button. And well, you've always had a problem with uh, PlayStation controllers and the shapes rather right. than letters. Exactly. <laughs> or anything. But that's not really that important. You just need to know where on the controller Right. So once, once you actually got it memorized, I think it was all right. Yeah. So what you and I did is we just did two-player for a while. Mm-hmm. And I taught you, you know, this button does this and this is how you react to this and onward and onward. What did you like? Um, the stages were pretty. Okay. And I like um, the effects of key charging up. Mm-hmm. And I like flying around really fast okay. and hiding behind things and getting knocked into water. Yes. One of the best parts of this game is if you just line yourself up properly after you do a really big attack, they go flying into the distance, and then they fall, they fall, they fall, and plop. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I like some of the super moves that characters had, like really obscure stuff from the show, which is right. cool. Like mm-hmm. Master Roshi stuff. Gotcha. What did you not like? Everything else. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like the pretty much the only way you can win or play this game is charge, key attack, charge, key attack. 
I mean, I understand it's why it's different from the Budokai games, because those are, you know, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of physical con- combat and key attack fighting. Right. But this is, like, almost all strategizing with key-based attacks, so I find that a little boring. Yeah. I do, too. What else can you say about your experiences playing the game? Um, I clearly suck. (laughs) And maybe if I didn't suck as hard, I would like it more. But I don't want to... Like, again, I say this every video game review we do. If I have to spend that much time trying to learn it and train and come up with strategies, then I don't want to play it at all. So what kind of Dragon Ball game do you want to play? Super Dragon Ball Z. Okay. You know, we've never mentioned this. You actually played through all of Legacy of Goku 2. Yeah. I think you actually beat it before I did. That's a brainless game. That's why I can play it. <laughs> okay. You just have to walk around and like hit bears and crap like that. So. so you enjoy hitting bears. No, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I certainly was able to beat it. So Right. Yeah. I like games I can understand. Gotcha. And I like Super DBZ because it plays like a 2D fighter. <laughs> right. Well, I guess um, we'll continue onwards with the other things we've noticed about the game. The first thing that I want to mention is music. Now, you say, oh, you covered music last week. Well, I have more to say about it. I am a big fan of the music from the show, and it's even more irritating now than it was last week. There aren't enough songs, and they're not long enough. God, it's not like... I don't know. I assume that they have more room on the disc for stuff like music. They do. What's their deal? I don't know. Something that I did like is that when you go into versus mode, you can choose what background music you want, on what stage or wherever you're going. And you can also use, say, the vocal version of Hedgehala or the instrumental of Don Don, which is kind of nice because the first game didn't have that much um, customization for that kind of stuff. But the music is getting really annoying. I mean, I love the music. I think part of it for me is because I do love it so much and I'm so familiar with it. You kind of expect to hear the whole song? Is that it? Definitely. You said the same thing. Yeah. Especially during, um, what was it, Solid State Scouting? Yeah, it's like uh, the whole song's an instrumental. There's I want to hear the whole play. thing. I know. It didn't even get up to my favorite part. Yeah. I, I don't know. If I wasn't so familiar with the background music and I didn't listen to it so often, would this really bug me as much? I'm not sure. I just don't like the fact that it loops. I think that's what's really killing me about it. I would rather have this music than, say, something completely new. Because this is part of what makes the game the game. So that's kind of it for music. Mary, you mentioned special attacks earlier. Yes. My favorite super move so far, hands down, is Kui's. Yes. He's kind of like, look over there. Huh? And then he, like, blasts you. Well, he says, oh, Frieza-sama. Oh, is that what he says? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the opponent turns around and then he blasts him. I thought that one was really cute. Now, here's a problem, though. A lot of characters have the same super moves. Yeah. I was... Who was I using? It was Jinzeningen17, and he has a certain super move where he just kind of hits you and teleports all over the place. 13 had the exact same super move, and Grandpa Gohan has the exact same super move. I fought against him randomly, just somewhere on the map, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, but Grandpa Gohan isn't a robot? This doesn't make sense. So that was uh, kind of obnoxious that these, not minor characters, but minor characters kind of get real crap for diversity here. Right. It's like they kind of tried hard to make the main characters different, but left everyone else in the shadows. Like, for example, Goku, he's got his Kamehameha. And when you turn Super Saiyajin, the Kamehameha that he uses is the one-handed version that he shoots at Frieza right at the very end of their fight when Frieza is given a little energy and he tries to shoot him and Goku shoots back and he goes, Bakayaro! 
and he actually says that. So that's pretty interesting because if you transform up to Super Saiyan in the middle of a match, the special attacks will change too. So you kind of have a little variety there. Yeah, it is. And Goku says Baka Yaro wrong. He says like Baka Yaro because, you know, he's Goku, but I like it. Um, super moves. They're neat. I don't know. That's like the point of the game for me, almost. Yeah, that, well, that's why I was saying I didn't like it. I mean, I think, you know, they're good to have, but I don't like having to solely rely on them to win. What I'm saying is not only that, but... They're not individualized? I play the game to see the super moves, and then I'm like, okay, I saw it. That was cool. Now what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. So it's too much of the focus? Kind of, but I mean, that's how it is. That's how the game's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, well, I guess I'll go play a different game if this bores me then. <laughs> Let's talk about story mode for a bit. Uh, I've been playing it for several hours today. It's it's interesting. I really am enjoying the world map because I know the world map in Dragon Ball so well. Between Budokai 3, the Legacy of Goku series, and this game now, I can tell you exactly where every single little place in the Dragon World is. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, other than flying around to your next location, though, there's not a whole lot that it does. In Budokai 3, you would fly around, and you would see a Dragon Ball somewhere, and you would, you know, go collect it. You don't do that in this game. It's pretty much just a way for you to get from place to place. And occasionally, in between the main fights, you can do a little side fight for experience, or go buy some capsules or something. And one of the big things we saw when we saw previews for the game was people would land in town and walk around. Oh, that would be so great. Uh, they were promising this great, like, RPG-style mode. Well, not really. You land, and you have probably a couple blocks to the left and the right that you can actually walk. And there's a character standing there. They're not even really moving. And you say hello to them, and that's about it. You don't actually walk around town and interact mm. with people. Wow, that's pretty lean. It is. Um, for the most part, they're just kind of there and they'll say something to you. Occasionally, um, it'll be a character and they'll join up with you, except it'll be like Yajirobe or Chatsu. And what I've determined is that they just throw these weak characters in at real specific points in the series so they keep gaining experience with you when they're on your team, because otherwise they're kind of useless. Like, I'm not going to use Chatsu to fight Broly, <laughs> but he's there anyways. It'd be hilarious to see, though. I would have, but he was really low level, so I didn't bother trying. So, um, that's kind of lame. One fun thing about the world map, though, was when you fly around and try to catch someone. This happens a couple times so far. One was catching Zarbon, and then I did it again catching Dr. Garo. So that was kind of interesting. I mean, you'd fly around, and they're flying around on the map, too. And you kind of line up your triangles, and you try to catch each other. And then that's about it. There's nothing more to it. There aren't a whole lot of missions in the game like there were in the first one, where it would be uh, end the match with your level 1 blast or end the match with your level 2 blast. I've had a couple stay alive fights, and that's really it. I think I might prefer this way, just because it lets you advance easier. Just, you know, win the match and you move on. But, uh, I don't know, I kind of miss the variety a little bit. Not sure how I feel about that. Let's talk a little bit about the um, horrible inconsistencies with the story via the story mode. Like, you fighting Broly from movie 8 on Earth. Well, did they just not make, well, the movie 8 stage? Well, that's the problem. There's not a whole lot of stages in this game. The ones that there are are really great. 
and they try to tie in multiple locations within the same stage. Like there's the road where Vegeta fights 18, and they take you know they have their fight there, and then there's other areas for that stage too that kind of resemble other places. But things like these movies that are real specific, it just feels awkward. And another problem is that you know there's a lot of henchmen in the movies. Great, we have Sauza and we have Zangya, but for things like movie six when Gohan and Piccolo, they fight the robot things. Well, the robot things aren't in here, so instead they just have everyone fight Metal Cooler. <laughs> wow. Over and over and over. Like, this is getting a little boring. It's like, why even bother doing the movie scenarios if you just... I know, because there's just the one character from it. And the same thing with 7 when everyone just fought 13. But, because there's no 14 and 15, so what are you going to do? Like, right. I don't remember Trunks... Kind of taking on First Form 13 like this, but whatever. One thing I did like was the beginning of the movie 7 story. The first, the very first thing you did was 17 and 18 versus Dr. Garrow. That's Because cool. you're supposed to kill them. Yeah. It's not in his lab. It's kind of outside. Again, it's one of those locations that's kind of like the location. It's that same roadway where Vegeta fights 18. Mm-hmm. So I guess you can say that's around the area of Dr. Garrow's lab. But that's about it. The worst offender so far in story mode, and there's a little bit of talk about this on the forum, was in Trunks the Story, or the Trunks TV special. The Gohan that's in there is the Gohan from the Boo era with the purple gi. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not too bad. I mean, whatever. It's a similar you know, age. Right. And that's a, probably the closest they can get. A lot of people, including myself, really want that orange gi one-armed Gohan. Yeah. Be, <gasps> oh, man, that would be badass. That'd be pretty awesome. Now, here's the biggest problem. I was fighting 17 with Gohan, and I did his um, biggest super move. Mm-hmm. And his super move in that form is the movie 10 Kamehameha with Super Saiyan Goten. Uh, so, oh, gee. Yeah, right. it's, um, yikes. <laughs> uh, Goten shouldn't be born at all. So it was a little weird. <laughs> Mary, you weren't here when I was playing this. It's a shame because you would have died laughing. The scene where uh, Gohan kind of cracks his neck so he falls over and doesn't come. Yeah. What actually happens was Gohan just teleports behind him. Mm-hmm. No hitting or anything takes place. He just appears behind him and Trunks falls over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's no awesome. real. These cutscenes are really, really bad. There's the couple cutscenes. I think there's five or six total that are kind of extended, more animated ones. There's the one from movie three. There's the Vegeta 18 fight. And there's a couple other ones. But these kind of mini ones before regular fights are really, really atrocious. And uh, I would prefer just 2D artwork because I'm uh, I'm Mike like that. That is very Mike like. So that's how the story mode is. I have some things to say about that, but I think I'll save them for my closing thoughts, which we're getting to pretty soon. There's a couple other, uh, I guess, random stuff I want to mention about the game so far. Ginyu in Goku's body without a scouter. Now, come on. They've gotten that in the last few games. They couldn't get it right here. See, that would be the only reason why I'd be pissed. Normally, I wouldn't really give a crap because I'm like, oh, okay, well. Right. They probably couldn't go through the effort. But if they have done it before, then I guess there really is no excuse. Exactly. So that was uh, a little irritating. Uh, on the flip side, one thing I loved was Ozaru Raditz yeah. with long hair down the back. Mm-hmm. Like, finally, we have distinctions between the Ozaru characters. I exactly. thought that was really, really cool. So does that mean, like, Nappa Ozaru has, like, a bald head? I don't think he's bald, but he definitely has his distinct features. And mm-hmm. same with uh, Ozaru Taras. 
everyone's got their uh, individual things. And mm-hmm. Bardock as well. I think all of them have their Ozaru forms. Something that's <laughs> I found really funny. It's not really a glitch. It's more just like character hit detection kind of thing. I was fighting a series of Saibai men, and I beat one of them, and his body kind of collapsed into a cliff or the side of a rock or something. And it was one of those things where his head goes inside the rocks, <laughs> so you can't really see it. But his shadow was still on top of the rock showing his head. Oh it's God. like, where is this light source coming from? <laughs> it's just like really, really, really awkward. And I laughed. And then I wasn't paying attention and I got hit. So I should have paid more attention to what was going on. Uh, more stuff about just the game in general. The items, they're, they're good. I really get them. I think we explained this a little bit last week. You have your pluses for your health, your key, your defense, all that stuff. It's pretty easy to do. What I'm finding is that I'm setting them early on for a character, and I'm just not touching them ever again. Like, when I first get uh, Gohan, I'll set, you know, plus one over here and plus five over here. I never really go back and edit those items to beef up my stats or anything. I find that as I go on, I'm usually as strong as I need to be, if not stronger than uh, my opponent. I haven't had any problems. I was really close to losing against... In fact, I did lose the first time I fought the final Broly fight with Goku. Then I beat him. So that was kind of close. Maybe I'll need to level up a little more. But overall, I'm just not touching the items. So I guess they're good, but I send them once and then I don't do anything with them again. One thing that is interesting, I'm kind of flipping back and forth between the good and the bad because I want to give a little bit of balance here. The Jinzo Nigen, the way their key works, it was kind of like this in the first game too. You can't charge their key because they have their own kind of internal key generation things. So it'll automatically come back up. You can charge it up into sparking mode, though. So it's one of those things you have to take into consideration that makes the characters a little bit different. So um, it does charge up kind of fast, though. That was good. So it's not like you're constantly out of key and can't do attacks. I'm still not bothering to collect any Dragon Balls anywhere, because from what I understand, you don't even need them to unlock any characters or anything. You just get some extra special items that help you out. But like I said, I'm not even changing my items, so I don't really care. This is something that is, I'm sure, going to be exclusive to the Japanese version of the game, because it inherently is Japanese. When I was doing the Raditz story mode, something both Mary and I noticed was that when Raditz speaks Goku's name, it's written in hiragana in the text rather than the kanji for Son Goku. I'm not sure what they're trying to do there. I don't know if that was just lazy or if they're saying that Raditz wouldn't know how to write kanji, (laughs) but I just found that really um, cute almost. It has no effect on the story or anything whatsoever, but I noticed it. Therefore, it must be pointed out. Another thing I like is the battle damage in this game as you fight that's on really and on. Cool. Yeah, like everyone that. gets all bloody and hunched over, and so that's good. So that's attention to detail that I like and wish there was more of. Right. And that's in addition to the alternate outfits. Exactly. That's why I'm like, wow. So everyone has like five versions of themselves, I guess. Or maybe not five, but well, at least like, a couple. At least four if they have an alternate outfit. Like mm-hmm. they have their regular version, then their beat up version. Uh, about the alternate outfits, though, you select them like when you go into verses. You pick your character, then you pick your outfit. And it'll say one, one or two. The problem is you don't get a preview of what that outfit is like you would in the Budokai 3. So you kind of just have to choose it and see what happens. And it stinks when it's just, you know, a palette swap of them. Right. Some of them are funky looking. Uh, Kula's alternate colors is kind of shiny and fun, but that's about it. And another thing for not showing pictures of what's going on, when you fuse items together, and especially for characters, it would be nice if they would show a picture of that character. I mean, I'm good enough with characters' names. Here's my thing with Japanese and character names. I have about 
10 kana that I actually remember, and the rest I all recognize just by the shape of what the name is, so I can tell who it is. I've actually read something about, that's how any written language people uh, recognize words, mm-hmm. it's just by the shape of the words, so I guess it kind of works for me in Japanese too. So, you know, I'm like, oh, that says Tupa, blah, 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 Garlic Jr., whatever. That's cool. It, it would be nice if they showed a picture of the character, I think they did in the last game. It's not the thing where the last game had something and then they kind of took it away from this yeah, game. Yeah, it's like, why make it, like, not as cool, I don't understand. Why make it not as cool? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Sorry, I'm it's not a- no, that that's true. It's not as cool. So there's kind of my whining about the game. What this game comes down to is watching. You do a lot of watching in this game. If you're into that, this is probably going to be the game for you. See, here's my thing with the first Barking game. After I went through story mode, I don't think I ever really played it again. Because it's honestly not that fun in two-player mode. Because you just... Fly away from each other, charge up, and oh, yeah, fire back. That's my problem with the two-player. Right. Is the one-player like that too, though? It, it kind of is, but at least in the story mode, you have you know your awful, awful cutscenes to mix it up. And you're unlocking things along the way. I love unlocking things in games. It makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something. Yeah, but if we're unlocking stuff only to not play it in two-player mode, it's extremely pointless. That's exactly how I feel about it. And you could say, well, it's more the same of Sparking, but if they're taking away stuff, then it's less of the same. (laughs) It's definitely a better game. I mean, there's a lot more characters. They try to give them a little more individuality, but... All in all, if you play as one character, you've played as them all because you use the same techniques for every single character. I mean, yes, there's more to the game. I'm not going into all the deepness of, you know, high guard versus low guard, which you can actually do. I thought that was neat and all that kind of stuff. But really, if you play as Goku, you fly away and you do a Kamehameha, it's the exact same thing as playing as Gohan and flying away and doing a Masenko. Eh. I'm enjoying story mode right now because, you know, I'm going through it and unlocking things. But I can almost guarantee you when I'm done unlocking everything in this game and I go through, I'll do, you know, probably two player against someone or one player against the computer just to see all the super moves. That'll be it for me. Mm-hmm. As, you know, a contrast, I play Street Fighter Alpha 3 pretty regularly. There's nothing to unlock in that game. There's no extra super moves. There's no real customization. But I'll play that game till the ends of time. Well, then... Going by that, here is my theory. Okay. Having stuff to unlock is shallow replayability. Replayability. Ab- absolutely. Like, it doesn't I've compensate for good gameplay that makes you want to play the game over and over again. Right. I've Having stuff to unlock is just something that forces you to sit down and play the game. It's a very immediate replayability factor. Right. It's not long-lasting. Exactly. And these games are not going to last the test of time. Exactly. They're going to be quickly forgotten just as much as the Super Butoden well, okay. series. Here's an example. Yesterday we were at EB looking at used games, and on the shelf it was all the Budokai games for five bucks. Right. Those games aren't that stinking old, but... No. And yet we have games that are even far older than that that we're still trying to track down used, and they're so sought after that, you know, they'd probably charge 40 bucks for those kinds of games. Absolutely. So, there you go. I mean, is it because it's just an anime game? Is it because no. it's a Dragon Ball game? I don't think so. I think it also is part of the oversaturation. Yeah. You don't need three games of Dragon Ball per year. Right. And yeah, I think it's. I think they're just shallow. I, I agree. I like all of the games. I like Budokai 3. Yeah, I like them. I like Sparky Neo. Mm-hmm. 
I I like Super DBZ more than more than these two, but I think all of them are a little shallow. Out mm-hmm. of all of them, I'm probably gonna end up going back to Super DBZ Definitely. as like my main game from the year. Uh-huh. And I'll really be looking forward to that sequel more than any of these other ones. Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna pick them all up. If there's a Sparking Three with you know a shit ton even more characters, not that I know who they'll put in, like Henchman A from Freeze's trip to Namek Village B. I mean, yay, I'll play as him and I'll shoot my phasers and that'll be it. But I don't know. I think Shallow, like you said, sums it up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. That's all I have to say about Sparking Neo. It's a very shallow game. But I'm having fun for the time being. So if you like having fun and you don't care that you're probably not going to play it next year, pick it up. It's going to be cheaper in the U.S. than it was in Japan. I think it's coming out for 40 bucks new. That's not too bad, especially considering that all the next-generation games are coming out for 60 So if you got a PS2 and you like the last one, pick it up. If you like the 2D fighters, pick up Super DBZ. That's going to be dropping in price soon, I think. So uh, as I continue onwards and finish the game, I'll drop some little lines here and there about you know what's going on with it and what I've unlocked, what I think is cool. But I I think Shallow sums up our final thoughts on Sparking Neo. Mm-hmm. Kind of sums up my thoughts on current generation DBZ games in general. Yeah, that's true. They're not deep enough for me. No. So there you go, folks. Sparking Neo, Shallow. <laughs> Well, Julian Sensei, it is time for DBZ ABCs, where each week you take a letter of the alphabet and tell us something interesting. Yes. So, Julian, the letter for this week is the letter U. Yes, U. Me. And what? Me. We? You, me. We. You. Anyway, (laughs) so this week I am going to be discussing a character who starts with the letter U. And this character's name is... Juggle. Um... Upa. Upa. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, Upa is a Native Americanish looking kid who lives with his father, Bora, at the base of Karin Tower. And Goku first meets him in the Rebin. Re- <laughs> Goku meets him in the Rebin. <laughs> Goku first meets him in the Red Ribbon arc in Dragon Ball, where he is to try and find the next on the list of Dragon Balls and such. And so he's there, and he's you know doing this thing, but um, the Red Ribbon Army sends out Tao Pai Pai, who I discussed last week. Ooh, consistency. Oh yes, and the assassin kind of sort of kills Upa's dad and almost kills Goku. <laughs> so Goku decides to take a detour up the tower and trains a lot, and then comes back down and then fights Tao Pai Pai and wins. And after that, um, Upa becomes kind of Goku's friend. So Goku does goes and does the rest of his fighting. It beats the Red Ribbon Army, but then he comes back and uses the Dragon Balls to revive Upa's dad, Borda. This and is after- one of the. I gotta interrupt you for a second because oh, yes. I, I really need to say this is one of the only instances where bringing someone back to life actually felt like worthwhile and, and emotional and emotional yeah. because it wasn't just oh it's another one of Goku's friends. It was you know this kid's dad. And, uh, okay, that's it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and actually, after they after he went and defeated the Red Ribbon Army, he actually comes back and picks Upa up so they can go and do the thing at Uranai Baba's place. Mm-hmm. And after that, then he revives Upa's dad. And then they're kind of forgotten about for a while, <laughs> and they yeah. languish in limbo for volumes upon volumes upon volumes until suddenly, in the very last volume of the series, <laughs> uh, you suddenly see an adult Upa with his know, um, so father, who is no less muscular, but obviously older. Right. And 
they give some of their energy to Goku's gigantic Genkidama to fight Boo. I like that. Yeah. It was good to at least, you know, see that someone grew up. <laughs> yeah. Also looks like he has a wife-type person in the background, but it's not really clear because she only appears <laughs> like a wife-type person. I like your description. Because that's all the women are in Dragon Ball. Wife-type people. <laughs> right. Well, she's off in the background with, like, a little question mark over her head. Like, she has no idea what's going on, so. <laughs> oh, man. I have the last one. I'm going to have to make a scan of that because it looks awesome. Well, mm. is there anything else about uh, little or old Upa? Oh, he's a pretty cool guy. He fights uh, <laughs> on this. <laughs> of course. Anyway, he fights on, on the side of Puar against Dracula Man with the powers of garlic and the crucifix shape. <laughs> oh, Dragon Ball. <laughs> By sticking out his arms, you know. <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, so he becomes a valuable fighter for the space of one fight. Nice. Mm-hmm. More so than a couple other characters, I guess. Yeah, when Kuridin fought against him, he was not particularly good because he got, I think, the top of his head bitten and he started gushing blood. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's appropriate to end on for Upa. Gushing, gushing blood. blood. Yes. Oh, that wasn't even Upa, though. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a great segue into... No, it's it's really not. But okay. we're going to move on anyways, because next up we have Mary with her top five list. Now, Mary, yes. this, this is a nice little diversion from the top five lists we've been doing. Right. Where you kind of notice things about the series and... Just things that are in there and out there and that you can see. This is a little different. This is the abstract top five Mary list. This is old school Mary, dare I say. Old school? Yeah. I'm old school. I mean, I knew that already, which is sad, but <laughs> what do you mean old school? Uh, um, never mind. <laughs> okay. Mary, I have called this top five list the top five reasons it sucks being Namekian. That's right. <laughs> and... You know, there's a lot of races in this series, and they all have their good and bad points. But when I lay it all out in front of the table, I think being a Namek sucks the most. Yeah, sure. You don't put it on the table, you just put it in front of the table. (laughs) I put it in front of the table. It's too much effort to put it on the table. I'm lazy. Okay. Well, go ahead. Number five reason it sucks being a Namekian. Your race is a little bit prone to being periodically enslaved. Aww. And uh, I don't know, it's weird because they do have some fighters in their race, but I guess it's just not enough to stop them from being, you know, captured and enslaved. Like, I'm mostly just referring to movie four. I'm not, I'm sorry, not four. Uh, six. Yes, that is Thank correct. Thank you. <laughs> See, Mo- I, th- I said four, four because I thought a slug. <laughs> there wasn't a Mackie in movie four, but... That threw me off there. And, you know, in the TV series, they mostly get killed, so that's kind of like being enslaved. They are kind of, you know, whacked around a bit by, you know... <laughs> I freeze his goons. I guess That doesn't so. make them slaves, but it does make them bitches. I can't argue with that. Well, Mary, the number four reason it sucks being Namekian. It sucks being a Namekian because your leader is a bloated, decrepit, Marlon Brando-esque slug who, you know, kind of groans and then dies on you. <laughs> I don't want to take orders from that. <laughs> Marlon Brando-esque. Yeah, why not? So Lately, l- Marlon Brando. Not so hot, sexy Marlon Brando. To Grant. <laughs> A greater power. Well, maybe I can help you. I can see that fitting him so well, it disgusts so me. So now he's the Don. Well, in addition to my chair and let me put my hand on you. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. 
Julie, oh, yes. we're doing a fan dub later. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be like instant internet fame. It has to be done. No, we have to do this, like, now, oh. before we put the podcast on. Seriously, we have to finish, right? <laughs> so, Julian, when we're done recording this podcast, you're going to record some lines. I already got the footage. And I we'll, don't have the time. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're going to be an internet celebrity. Oh. <laughs> Mary. Yo. The number three reason it really fucking sucks being the Mechian. So, you're on your planet. You're making this crop. Um, what do you do with this crop? <laughs> you don't do anything with this crop. Your crop kind of dies. I think it dies a lot. Your planet's prone to famine, and yet you're still going to make this crop. No well, they don't actually eat. I know. That's a, that's the a sucky thing about it. Like, you can't even eat what you what you make. Because, Mary, what's the number two reason it sucks being Namekian? Number two reason it sucks being Namekian is because you can't eat. You only drink water. Oh. These poor dudes. You have absolutely no reason to live, you know? <laughs> you can't eat. You got, like, a bloated leader guy. And really, we're just going to have to transition into number one, because why bother living? If you can't have sex. Oh. And you can't eat. You Your crop dies. Your livelihood is almost non-existent. And, and to top it off, you don't reproduce via gender-to-gender gender, yeah, funness. <laughs> they don't really seem to be bothered all that much by it that's true i guess when because you have they don't know better when you're asexual i guess yeah you don't you don't know that there's something better out there <laughs> well to be fair that can cause as many problems as it um avoids that's true i'm not sure what problems it avoids but uh, <laughs> anyway well you can write a scholarly paper on it i'm sure there's plenty of people who already have this is but... also very true i think what it all boils down to is that namics just don't know how to have fun I agree with that statement. What do they do for fun? Meditating under a waterfall? <laughs> that could be fun. They grunt Beach a little Nirvana. bit. They like That's to nice. hold their balls hostage. <laughs> uh... And now it is time to transition away from Mary. What is with your disgusting sex jokes? I don't have to take this kind of nonsense. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, gay sex. Shh. He's not here. Later, tonight. It's time to move on to releases. Well, it's uh, about midway through October right now, and all the big stuff has come out for October. We've had our R2 DVDs, we've had Sparky Neo, we've had Animanga. And then it was kind of dry for yeah. a while. Yeah, so there's nothing else coming out for the rest of October, but I guess we'll hit at least the first week in November. And then, and then repeat it next week. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> As we move onwards, we'll give you more of November, because uh, there's really no use in telling you what happens at the end of the year right now. So... Uh, let's say, Julian, what's coming out on the 1st of November? The 1st of November, we'll see the release of Dragon Ball Region 2 DVDs, or I should say Dragon Ball Z, volumes 37, 38, and 39. These cover episodes 214 through 231, or uh, some more great Saiyaman craziness plus the Budokai, and does it get into the beginning of Boo? I think that's the very beginning of Machin Boo, yeah. Okay, then. Could be wrong, the but I think so. Alrighty, these volumes will go for 3,990 yen each, or about 37-ish dollars. Minor shipping and handling, of course, that'll run you a pretty penny if you live in the U.S. <clears throat> and they'll be coming out in a little over a week from when this podcast is released, I guess. They're closing in on the end of the series. Very beginning in 2007, <clears throat> they'll be done. Whoa. I wonder what they'll do after that. GT. Um, you think? I don't know. Maybe they'll do Dragon Ball. Yeah, they did Dragon Ball before they did GT in the box set, so I'm assuming they'd release Dragon Ball first. That would be great. Well, mm -hmm. so that's it for the beginning of November. Um, coming out later, you get some more uh, video games 
both in the U.S. and Japan. You actually get some DVDs from Funimation, but we'll clue you in on that coming up next week into Onwards. So now, it's time for emails. Emails! Our first email, once again, comes from the lecherous Muten Roshi, who has uh, very nicely demanded that I read this in dub Roshi voice. Uh, I don't think I will, because I'm feeling a little mucusy right now, and I don't think I can pull it off. That's my I've, excuse for being lazy. I've got a question for you. All right, I'll do What it. are the na- Okay. Hey, I got a question for you. What are the names of Garlic Jr.'s henchmen from when he returns in the show? The dub calls him Spice, Vinegar, Mustard, and Salt. I know that the two that Gohan kills first are Tard and Zald. <laughs> Tard. Which probably puns on mustard and salt. Because the one with the big horn hat. Oh, I like the horn <laughs> Mentions him by name. This is for Tard and Zald, by the way. Though I can't be sure which is which. I have no idea of the other two's names. Ooh, the horny. I like the horny one. Hey, come here, horny! Oh, dear. Julian. Bite. So, shut up. Anyway, <laughs> to answer your question first, the ones who are called Tard and Zold, uh, the big tall one who actually has horns on his head is the one who's called Tard, and the short one with kind of the pointy hat is the one who's called Zold, or Zordo. Um, the other two, well, the one who says this is for Tard and Zold is called Vinegar, much like the English version actually says, but it's the only one that actually has his name exactly as it is in the Japanese, or, you know, plus... Right. The final member, who is also a tall person and just has this big chalk of hair, is called Gashu, which is probably a rearrangement of Shuga, or sugar. Ah. Yes. Well, the actual word for sugar in, ja- in Japanese is sato, but they often use right. you know, English equivalents as well. Right. So The henchmen of Garlic Jr. in the movie happen to also be named after spices. For example, Sancho is the Japanese pepper tree. And Ginger is, of course, Ginger. And we'll conveniently ignore Nikki right now because I don't remember what his name is. <laughs> well, okay. That's pretty much it. That answers the question, right? Yep. We did a great job. Fantastic. Uh, someone else is going to read this email because uh, I said so. So, Mary, why don't you read this one? Okay. This one comes from Michael Harris from Halifax, Nova Scotia, in Canada. Halifax is a great band. Continue. Yes, they are. I've been a long-time visitor to the site and just recently signed up on the forums. Congratulations! Continue. Anyway, the question. I was curious as to what exactly the Saiyan armor battle... Battle armor. Sorry, I'm dyslexic today. <laughs> the Saiyan battle armor, the Frieza arc version, and the ones Bulma designs in the Cell arc are made from. They clearly appear to be quite flexible since they're stretched and bent like cloth on several occasions. However, when they break, they shatter like a ceramic tile. So is this ever really explained within the series, or was it something that Toriyama just glossed over and forgot? And I demand that we read this, um, assigning parts to everyone. That's what I was gonna say. Okay. So. I call Gohan. I call Vegeta. So. Julian. I call Kuriri. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing comes, uh, we're actually taking this dialogue from the Viz manga, and this was back when they, you know, did a decent <laughs> job. So I don't care that we actually read it. Can we? So we're assuming that this is correct information? Oh, yes. Yeah, it, more or less. Yeah, this is, this is fine. 
Um, the first thing that Vegeta says a couple chapters earlier, this is all from the Frieza arc when, uh, you know, the Vegeta goes into the ship and he takes the armor. One thing he says that I just loved was, the only one that fits is out of style. Since when does Vegeta even <laughs> give a rat's ass about style? I mean, this I is like a man that. that wore a pink Batman button-down I shirt. I don't think well, he means style as I, in aesthetics. Yeah. I think it means it's an older model that's probably <laughs> so, not as good. More functional than right. actual appearance. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm not going to actually do voices here. Oh, damn. We'll do our own. Because I can't do Rio Horikawa. I guess. If Vegeta needs our help, this Frieza must be really annoying. <laughs> Why don't we do season three awful voices? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because, I mean, I, I don't really know the good, dare, dare I say, good later on dub voices, but I very distinctly remember the really fucking awful season three stuff. It's like, ugh, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> Uh, I'm... Oh, fuck. So... And I just love this first line that I get to read. So I will be Vegeta. <laughs> Mary's going to be Gohan. And Julian will be Kudadin. So... <clears throat> take your clothes off and put on those undersuits. Make it quick. Freeze it. That's not even the fucking scene. I'm just going to read it. Take your clothes off and put on those undersuits. Make it quick. Freeze is coming. If Vegeta needs our help, this Frieza must be really something. I'm kind of scared. Now for the battle jackets. Luckily, there were some miniature ones made for the people of the planet Lilliput. It's a reference to Gulliver's Travels. Anyway, <coughs> dot, dot, dot. How do you put this on? My head fits, but my shoulders won't. Force it on. <laughs> They'll stretch enough if you pull on them. They didn't rip when I became a great ape on Earth, did they? And they'll withstand most impacts. Oh, wow, you're right. Are the gloves and shoes like this, too? Yes! <laughs> it's so light. I don't feel it at all. It's not fair. You guys have all the cool stuff. But I'd rather have one like yours. It looks easier to move in the shoulders. This one's in the older style. I couldn't find a standard set that fit me. But they don't get in the way at all, Krillin. I can move my arms easy. Wow. That's Mondo cool. <laughs> I'm a freaking genius. <laughs> oh, dear lord. What was the purpose um, of this? Yeah, did that answer anything? I don't know. We just made jackasses out of ourselves, so, so that's yeah. cool. They're supposed to stretch. They're not supposed to shatter. Um, One could say that if they get an impact that's sufficiently powerful, that it doesn't matter that they stretch. That's they're true. They're just going to break. I but, like that answer. Here comes Julian with the great answers. Yeah. You know, if, if DB World had, you know, like real physics, uh, <laughs> it could be compressed so much by the impact of the force that it would just, you know, break apart. But, I, I agree. Uh, I think we've generally agreed that DBD, DBZ doesn't actually use real-world physics, but or like whatever. logic or anything. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So uh, they're supposed to stretch, but hit them hard enough and bad things happen. Uh, the last email. Julian, you haven't read an email yet, have you? Okay. So this is from Gekigangur, which I understand is some kind of franchise. I don't know why we got an email from like a show, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> the question is... Should tambourine, drum, and cymbal be considered Namekians or some kind of lower Namekian? I know when they were created, Toriyama didn't think up the Namekians yet, but for the sake of the question, what do you think? Also, after hearing Mary's love for X-Men and Mike's love for Capcom, do you own Marvel vs. Capcom 2? I think it's a brilliant game, although I haven't got all the characters yet. I have an answer for both sections! Then, please do. So here's what I think. As we all know, Toriyama likes to come up with things later on in the series and kind of retcon his way into explaining things. So we've got Kami and Piccolo Daimao, and then, you know, years later we have all the Mechians. Here's the thing. That being that 
turned into Kami and Piccolo Daimao, by that point, they weren't really a Namekian. They were kind of like their own beings. They weren't a full-fledged Namekian. And Piccolo Daimao is really a demon. So you can say that the stuff that he burped up isn't going to be a real Namekian offspring. And they've got their demonic features to them, which is exactly what happened. They were all kind of demony things. One's got a beak and, you know. They just look nasty. They just look nasty. Very good. I like that. Julian, what do you think? I think that makes sense. Yeah. I, I doubt Toriyama really thought that long and hard about it, but um, that is our scientific absolute answer to that question, because Mary says so. That's right. And she'll beat you up if you disagree. Damn tootin'. All right. And now for the real question of the email. <laughs> Mary, you love X-Men. I do. I love Capcom. I do. Do we own Marvel vs. Capcom too? Hells yeah! Back from the Dreamcast, baby! Mm, I want to play it right now. Well, maybe we can. Yay! I've, I've been wanting to pick up the PS2 version, um, even though it was a limited run. We'll have to. I think EB might have it. Mm. So let's go get it. Because, you know, I don't like hooking up the Dreamcast because I'm out of AV slots everywhere <laughs> and the Dreamcast isn't always plugged in. Mary, what is your usual team? My bitch team? Yes. My bitch team consists of uh, Psylocke, um, Ken, and sometimes Cable. Yeah, you're one of those people. Shut off. <laughs> My bitch team is Ryu, Spidey, and Cyclops. I've always been a Ryu Cyclops team player from the early um, Versus games. Mm-hmm. And then I threw Spidey in the mix just because he plays a little differently. Cyclops is very similar to Ryu with um, Sword of Yuken and not a Hadouken, but... I-Beam! 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 So you like the projectile. Right. Guys. And Spidey's a little different. He's my mix it up and get in close and fight. But this isn't a Marvel vs. Capcom 2 podcast. It really should be, though. Because <laughs> I don't know enough about how to really play. <laughs> <laughs> I talk big, no. I'm decent, but I, I get my ass kicked and, you know, like... Real... Like me. No. no. I know. Sometimes. Um, I think that answers the question. Julian, do you play... You don't play Marvel vs. Capcom 2. No. Do you want to? Well, it doesn't really help that I'm, you know, in New York. <laughs> That's true. Well, you need to go get it. Okay. In fact, you should buy the arcade cabinet and play that. Oh, boy. Do it. Go. Now. <laughs> but, 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 wait, wait. You can't leave because you got to do Marlon Brando. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's it for the emails this week. If you would like to send us an email, it's oh so simple. You head over to Dizenshu EX. You go to the left. You click that contact link. And anything you need or want or really don't want to know, you can find there. You want to send some questions to the podcast? You want to send some comments to the podcast? There's an email address for that. You want to email me and ask me exactly what kind of pants I am or am not wearing at the present moment? I will be happy to do that. And that's what you do because emails are great. And um, let's move on to the end of the episode. So it's the end of the episode. Yeah. That was fun. That was great. I enjoy things. Let's go buy Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for like the billionth time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess second. Now That's that you it. got the idea in my head, I so want to buy the arcade machine while we're rich and famous. <laughs> and we have a game room and like a big house somewhere. It'll be right totally next to the Ninja Turtles arcade game cabinet. Right. Hells yeah. Um, so we are closing in on the one year anniversary of the show. Holy wow. freaking Moses. Our podcast, here's how you can remember it really easily. Our one year anniversary is on the Wii launch date. That is spectacular. Whoa. What an amazing day. Whee! Truly, it is a holiday for the fanboy masses. <laughs> that is true. If I dare say so myself, and I just did. So check us back next week for episode 49. Wow. Wow. 
What are we doing next week? Do we know? I don't think we do. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah, I love stuff. And junk. And junk. And stuff. And stuff. So that'll be awesome. I love stuff and junk and stuff. Um, we'll have your news. We'll have your re- more releases. Lots of good stuff coming out next month. And we'll answer some emails. We'll have some kind of topic. And I'll probably not be wearing pants next week just because I'm saying so now. And I think that's it. So let's say goodbye to Mary over here. Hey, can I have a moment of zen? Uh, yes. I think we should totally bring back Dice and Chewy X uh, fan dubs. Like little short segments. We really shouldn't. Oh, but the Marlon Brando one is such a good jumping off point. Well, that'll be our swan song. Oh, no. You can have a swan song five years after the fact. Uh, Mary, Yo. you are from Temple of Trunks. I'm from Temple of Trunks. And notice, by the way... my great little segue y- away from that there. Oh, damn it. Anyway, I'm pleased to announce I've actually updated with a crap ton of content for the Whoa. first time in over a year. So if you have any remote interest in trunks or just fun Dragon Ball items, please head on over to Temple of Trunks. That's T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com. And hopefully I'll make another update this weekend. That's um, great. I don't know why I suddenly feel like uh, adding all these updates. I, f- I want to bring on the funny again if I can. Like uh, it sucks being Namekian? Right. If I can continue with that mindset, you might good. even see some new Trunks feature films. Maybe. So, if I feel like being a 25-year-old playing with that, um, Dragon Ball action figures. That's we'll see. true. Do we know where all of them? We have a lot of I do know where so. they all are. They're in our closet. <laughs> I have nice big plans box. for that figure right there. Oh. Oh what the pickle? Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you going to make another feature film or something? That's what I. That's what I would hope to do. Oh dear. I'm just gonna come up with the right idea. In fact, I want to do Dinosaur EX, the feature film. Um, <laughs> and I don't know which figure I would be. I'd probably be Pan. Julian gets to be Saichiro Osama. No, he gets to be oh, GT okay. Gohan. Not that he. We- <laughs> <laughs> Not that he wears glasses. Are you insulting him? I can't really tell. No, he's being the scholarly type. <sighs> <laughs> and and I don't know who Mike can be. I only have I don't have a Vegito uh, figure, so you could be like Cell or someone. I want to be Ozaru or something. You could be Majin Buu. Majin? Did I just say Majin? Yes, you did. Ah! Majin Buu is you. Why does everyone want me to be Majin Buu? I don't understand. Because you made the video about him, so now we all just assume you really love the character. Uh, Julian. Yes. Or shall I say, Mr. Brando? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you want? Um. Actually, nothing yet, because I forgot to mention earlier, <laughs> we were talking about all the games I got off of eBay. I'm working on this list of all the games I own. I counted how many games. I have 39 Dragon Ball games right now. You're that insane. That's way too many games for one person <laughs> to own. I have a lot of that are, you know, U.S. and Japanese versions of some, like the mm. all the PS2 games. But I just wanted to put that out there, and I'm making a really fancy list with cover art and everything. And now it is time for Julian to go away. <laughs> Julian, you and I can be found over at DaisenQEX, and this lovely little website can be found at the following URL. That's right. This is www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. Capiche? Capiche. Well, I'm doing the, the Godfather voice for the credit. <laughs> uh, for Mary, for Julian, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Brando. For for Mary and he's, Mo- dead. he's back from the dead. Okay. Julian's channeling him. He's been resurrected by the Dragon Balls. For Mary and for Julian and for myself, who you may know as Vegito EX, I am Mike Labrie Vegito EX, and I have forgiven Jesus. <laughs> Dai Zenchu EX Podcast. Konjumo kite kudasatte yaragaito gozaimasu. Chikai o tanishi ni.